You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging, but it's the 21st century. Financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It's for you and me, busy moms and dads living their best life. The big question is this, how do we create time, avoid making painful mistakes, set examples for our children and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? This podcast will give you the answers. Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best guest experts. It is now the time you start living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shogunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Parent Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses, Andy's here, and welcome back to the Money Boss Parent Podcast. It is that time of the year where we get to talk about what benefits should you be paying attention, especially during the open enrollment season, as you're gearing up to get started on your next calendar year. Today, I want to cover a few different options that parents should be thinking about for next year. Now, I know that we typically talk about the most common benefits such as life insurance, health insurance, vision and dental, and you work through those and make sure that your choices are what you think they're going to be. Today, I wanna cover some some of the options that may or may not be available to you. Yet, my goal here is to stimulate some thoughts where you would be looking for ways to utilize those benefits. Now, for those of you who are not employed or do not have elaborate employee benefits package, would still be able to get access to some of these benefits on your own. And I'll make sure that I touch on those as well. I'm also excited to share with you a few of interesting facts about these benefits. So if you're ready to take charge of your financial future, come 2024 and make smart moves when it has to do with your employee benefits, let's get started. The first item I want to cover is called dependent care assistance. This is the type of benefit that is available to you through your what's called FSA, flexible savings account. It's an account that allows you to put pre-tax monies from your paycheck to cover qualified childcare expenses. And there's a laundry list of expenses that we can pay that are going to be constituted as a qualified childcare expense. And the reason it needs to fall into that, that category because IRS has a laundry list of items that they will allow you to pay for from this account. So here are a few examples. Nursery school, preschool or equivalent care program for children below kindergarten level. This is actually interesting because I didn't know that kindergarten sort of has that threshold. So for example, Liam is going to be going to kindergarten next year and we're trying to decide if we're going to keep him in the private, call it private kindergarten, but it's a kindergarten that is available at his preschool, which is like $16,000 a year in tuition. 
if we stay there or we're going to go to public school and it is free. So kind of keep that in mind. I don't know if that's the same, probably the same for uh, other states and we're in California. Uh, so the next item is preschool or after school care. So if you have those options, um, and I know we have friends who have kids that are in kindergarten, but then they need extended care. So after school care is something that you can cover from your dependent care FSA. You can also pay a provider who watches your dependent kids outside of your home, like a neighbor, right? So if you have someone you're paying to watch or babysit, you can pay um, for those expenses. You can pay directly to the day camp. So if they go to the day camp, a lot of those day camps were popular during summer. And you can also pay for certain fees or deposits and application fees that you are spending to provide or to apply for, for these services. Also, the actual dependent care center, if it's not a preschool, if it's not a kindergarten, it's the actual you know, school slash dependent care center that you can pay for. Now, here are some examples of what doesn't qualify for you to use these dollars for. Child support payments. So alimony, you cannot pay alimony from this account. The, the, the interesting part for this particular angle is because if you pay alimony or if you could pay alimony from this account, you're already getting a benefits of tax deduction and to generally alimony payments have tax benefits themselves. So that that's one reason. Summer school, tutoring. So for example, Riam goes to Kumon after school twice a week. So I can't pay for Kumon because it constitutes tutoring. So he takes math and English classes. Sleepaway camps. Oh boy, those are, of course, are like more expensive types of camps and parents are always looking for ways to pay for those. Food, lodging, closing, education, entertainment are not eligible expenses for you to use funds from your dependent care account. One thing to keep in mind is that there's a limit of how much you can contribute. In 2024, we're still at the threshold of $5,000 per year per household. Um, for example, if you're married, each of you can put $2,500 into this account from your employees, respectively, or a total for $5,000 for a household. So I want you to be mindful of this because sometimes you could find yourself that you actually aren't utilizing all of these expenses or, or all of these dollars for the expenses that you incur. If you have kids that are still in, in their three to five to actually probably seven or eight years old, that, that you have after school, after school care costs, then this definitely helps you. All right. My number two idea for you is to think about college savings plans. I have noticed recently that a lot of employers are starting to offer an option where they have additional benefits to offer their employees a contribution or dollars for these 529 college savings plans. Traditionally, these plans are what parents open on their own to help save for college-related expenses. And the biggest advantage of these plans is that contributions are made with after-tax monies. And so therefore, 
you get to grow your money tax-free. And when you withdraw the funds in the future, and that's the whole benefit, especially when you have young kids, you get to use those funds for qualified educational expenses without having to pay the tax on the growth that you've had in those accounts. Um, these plans are typically state-sponsored ac accounts and that doesn't mean the state actually owns the plan, but there's a lot of benefits that exist aside from just having the tax-free option for the funds to grow. Some states actually offer deductions for the contributions that you make into those plans. Do you get an additional benefit on your state taxes um, that uh, you have to be mindful of? I One of the things that I've always weigh when deciding which state to pick the plan from. And keep in mind that just because you live in a state that doesn't offer a deduction for taxes, for example, California doesn't, doesn't mean that you can't go out and, and pick a plan from a different state. For example, I opted in for a Vanguard plan or a plan that had Vanguard investments because I was looking for low cost index funds as I wanted to reduce the cost there as much as I could. And um, that was the choice because I didn't have the option for deduction. So you have to weigh in what makes the most sense um, for you at that moment, because the deduction on taxes may seem like a, a really good benefit. But when you look at the fees at, in the actual investments over time, it could really add up. Now, one of the interesting facts with these plans is that they've gotten they've gotten to uh, to be available in most states over the years and they also have a feature is that if your child goes to a school that's in a different state you can use the funds so don't freak out that what if my child doesn't use these expenses or what if the what if I don't, I'm not able to pay for the college related expenses from this account or what if they go to school that's in a different state you have the flexibility to use the funds, number one. Number two, you have the flexibility of how and when you can take the funds out. So I really urge you to think about if your employer has incentives for you to contribute to these accounts, please take them. And for the second part, if they don't, I think it's still a great, great, great option because you get to grow your funds tax-free. And I can't think of any other accounts other than Roth IRAs where you can do that. And also with the amount that you are able to contribute to those accounts. Number three on my list are legal service plans. A lot of you are starting to see this as, as an option of, of your benefits uh, in the form of a legal plan. So typically those legal plans are kind of like the starting level of options for you to access legal advice. And the most Typical legal matters could be estate planning documents and where you can get your wills drafted or you can have your trust created, healthcare form, uh, power of attorney, or any other, you know, really sort of basic, basic benefits, such as if you have to talk to your landlord or if you had a traffic accident or there's a speeding ticket. So there's there's an option for you to access an attorney within the network that 
this employer contracted with. I am for most part here suggesting for you to check and explore this, this legal service plan is because you may have an option to this estate planning feature. And so as, as you guys know, I'm big on making sure that parents and two, if you have dependents, people that are going to be dependent on you, you want to make sure that you actually express your wishes in writing and to hire an attorney outside of these legal service plans is rather costly. So if you have an option to create a basic estate plan, I urge you to look at what, what it um, uh, allows you to do. Now, interesting fact is that these, these legal services can help families save money on legal plans, as I mentioned, because typically attorneys charge thousands of dollars for you to use their services. Now, I want you to be really careful, right? Not to assume that just because you had somebody draft these documents for you, that you shouldn't be seeking legal help. Um, but it's a starting point um, for you to make sure that you have named guardians, you have a will, if you have need for the trust, all those things are in place and actually executed. Becoming a new parent is extraordinary, life-changing event that brings a mix of emotions from joy to worry, excitement and fear. Suddenly, you're not only responsible for yourself, but also for another little person who depends on you for everything. And it's okay to feel overwhelmed. But remember, you've got this. Did you know that raising a child from birth to age 18 can cost over $234,000 on average? And that does not even include things like daycare, private school, or college savings for the future. Planning for these expenses is crucial, and that's where the Money Parent Checklist comes in. I've created this resource for new parents like you to get you started. It will help you adapt and prepare for the, your new financial reality. It's a comprehensive guide that covers everything from setting up a budget for your new family, planning baby expenses, securing your child's future, and even preparing for those exciting college years ahead. Yes, I've got you covered from A to Z, so you can focus on cherishing those precious moments with your little one. But don't let money worries get in the way of creating unforgettable memories. Visit parentmoneychecklist.com today and grab your free copy. Number four on my list is something called a mental health and wellness program. And these programs are typically provided by your employers and they offer things like counseling, stress management works, workshops, or classes. And it really is focused on improving your overall well-being. Another name for this kind of a, a service or option is three letters, it's called EAPs, Employee Assistant Programs. And I've seen, I recently did a workshop, financial financial wellness workshop for a company that has like over 500 employees. And I was really impressed by how robust their employee assistant program is. One of the things that that program offered, which I was trying to highlight for them in my presentation is is counseling for any related financial kind of things. A lot of times people want to have someone to talk to when they're working through paying off their debts and 
this program had a really rich plan where someone could reach out to their uh, counselors and specifically help have them work with them on how do we pay off the debts? How do we change our behaviors around spending? So I want you to think about this option is kind of like a well-being. It's not just financial because financial is one piece of the whole puzzle, but mental, physical, emotional well-being of of a person. And so I'm I'm excited that a lot of employers have those options. You just need to dig into what the benefits are and how you can utilize those. Typically, these programs are funded by the employer. So there's no cost or contributions that an employee has to make. Um, and so I, I like that idea because most of the benefits you have to contribute some some sort of uh, um, portion. Interesting fact about employee assistant programs is that according to the American Psychiatric Association, and I don't think it's a surprising fact, but more than one in five U.S. adults, so like 20% or more, have experienced mental health issue since 2020. And as we were going through pandemic, it's not surprising that the rise of and need and interest in these programs um, exists today. So as you're sitting down to look at your benefits, once again, this fall, I want you to think about how can you, you utilize this program um, and you know what's available to you. Because if you think about, this is like one, I think, point that we miss when we look at how much money we actually make or how, what our total compensation package. All of these, as you think of, sometimes you think of these small benefits actually build up your overall compensation. So instead of going out and jumping through the hoops to find counselors, therapists, right, financial people, right, to help you deal with your uh, other issues that you may have in terms of your finances, utilize these benefits. Um, and then last but not least is something called work-life balance incentives. And it kind of builds on this employer assistance program. But I think we've kind of adjusted the way that we work, how we work, where we work. And so this work-life balance includes things like flexible work arrangements. I'm seeing and hearing a lot from clients where they're like now back to work two days a week, remote work options, right? So they're telecommuting the rest of the week. And also more flexibility about and around paid family leave policies. A lot of these things are probably going to be regulated by what your state allows and what, you know, what uh, if there is a short-term disability plan in place. But also I feel like these benefits allow parents to balance their professional life and also family responsibilities effectively. Now, just like in the previous option, there is no contribution limits or option or amounts that you have to contribute to that. It's typically something that employer offers or sets in place for you. So again, if the couple of the first ones I mentioned, like the flexible spending account for dependent care, you have to put out your dollars. Look at these benefits and consider how they could help you next year or in the future. One interesting fact about flexible work arrangements is that they've become pretty popular 
during the pandemic we had. And a lot of, as you can see, a lot of employers are expending what it covers. Because let's face it, working from home or working in an environment where family lines, family and work lines were so blurred for the last however many years now is is difficult. So if anything, I would be looking for ways of utilizing these these benefits. So I want you to think about what could you be adding to your overall stack? Let's call it a stack. I like that word a lot. And how can you be using these benefits? This is one thing too. Just because your employer offers these and you opted in during an open enrollment, use these benefits um, because otherwise, you know, how how are they really benefiting you overall? Um, I'm excited for um, 2024. I know there's a lot of interesting stuff that's that's coming out in terms of what you can have as an employee. We we are getting a pretty robust increase in a lot of the contributions like the 401k options. And you'll be hearing more about that as we talk through what 2024 looks like. But I want you to think about your family in the form of how can you increase your overall well-being and utilizing these options. For those of you who are not employees of a company and maybe you have a business like I do, you still can create these benefits for yourself. College plans, 529 college plans, that's a benefit that you can set up for yourself without having to work for an employer. Employers just helps sometimes to make these contributions. Um, and you know, services like legal plans or wellness programs, all of this is still an option for you to set up. Unfortunately, you don't have a contribution from an employer because it's not available to you. You have other benefits surrounded that structure. So let me know what you think. Um, I'm excited to revisit some of these things towards the end of the year. And um, let me know if you have any questions. And until next time, remember, you are the bosses of your own money. Disclaimer, the opinions expressed on this show are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individuals. To determine which investments or solutions may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax professional for more specific advice. Hey there, Money Boss Parent, giving you a virtual high five because you just wrapped up another awesome episode of the Money Boss Parent Podcast. If you're craving more insights, hop over to moneybossparentpodcast.com. You'll find there detailed show notes from today's episode and even some sweet deals from our guests and partners. And if you're eager to connect with other super cool moms and dads who are just like you, who are navigating the world of money and parenting, come join our exclusive Facebook community for Money Boss Parents. The link is waiting for you at moneybossparentpodcast.com.